0: Well good morning, my name is Ben, I'm the lead pastor here at CORE and like Dez said just a few minutes ago, we are so incredibly excited that each and every one of y'all are here with us. Whether you're here with us in person or you're checking us out online, that we could not be more excited and feel more privileged to get to spend just a little bit of our weekend with you. And if you were not here last weekend, you were not alone because Krista and I were not here either. You see, we spent the last nine days spending time around Uganda, Africa, and exploring some incredible opportunities that we believe God has for us as Core Community Church to reach further into our world. And what I can say, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is this: is that God is up to some absolutely incredible things. And already this morning, as People were walking in. I had some questions of like, what well, are you gonna share with us this morning? And what I'm gonna ask for is just a little bit of patience uh, on our behalf for yourselves. As you can imagine, nine days uh, just exploring around Uganda, seeking God's will and God's voice that Krista and I are still trying to process through all of that and determine specifically what God is calling us to as a church. But I promise you, we will get there before too long. Long. And what I always know is that every time we are away from this place, it sounds crazy, but we find ourselves missing y'all. While Uganda was absolutely incredible, we love what we get to do around here, and we love getting to spend every single weekend with y'all. And so, whether you were here last weekend or not, this morning we find ourselves all together charging forward into part two of this three part series that we are calling The Weight of Your Words. And throughout this series, we're tackling a topic in every single one of our lives that we face every single day. You see, within all lives, every single day, we use our words within conversations with other people. And those words ultimately carry weight. Those words have the potential to be powerful in the way in which we impact the people around us. And you see, every single one of us know that our words carry weight, not so much because for thousands of years some of the wisest men that walked on this earth have said things like, your tongue can deliver life or death to other people, but maybe more so because we have felt the weight of other people's words as they've been dished out in our lives. You see, for some of us walking in this morning, we walk in understanding that there are some words that have been hanging over us and placing weight upon us that were spoken into our lives a decade ago, or 15 years ago, or 20 years ago. You see, for me, I'll never forget. My father used to tell me this story countless times. In fact, he told it multiple times around our kitchen table as we were growing up. For those of you that don't know my story, my father passed away about 15 years ago in August. And yet what I recognize is that this particular story signifies the power of words in his life and in every single one of our lives. As a kid going through grade school, I can only imagine my father was a constant jokester in our lives as our father with his friends. At at every social gathering we were at, he always had a joke to tell and was the life of the party. So I can only imagine what my father's behavior was like going through grade school. And there was this one day in which most likely he was doing something he wasn't supposed to do. He was talking in class, whatever it may be. And at 9 or 10 years old, his elementary school teacher called him up to the front of the class. And as my father ashamedly walked to the front of the class in front of all the students in his class, his teacher looked at him and in front of the entire class said, Terry Carver, you will never amount to anything In life. And for nearly 40 years of his life, he continued to tell this story because those words, that one sentence spoken to him in front of his peers, carried significant weight in his life. And my mother and I, in speaking about that very story multiple times since my father's passing, have always looked back on that and have always signified that we believe that that one moment in his story is something that really drove him for the rest of his life, it is something that, that really called him to make something of himself to prove that woman wrong who had spoken something negative into his life 40 years ago. And as powerful as that moment was in my father's life, what I believe is that every single one of us have a similar story in our own lives, in which somebody that we respected, someone who had power or authority over us, spoke something about us, to us, in front of other people, and that thing has never fully gone away. It's left a scar and a wound on us that we can't fully shake in all lives, and it continues to make us feel the weight of those words from that day until now. And what it really points out is this, is that with every word we speak, your words matter. My words matter. Our words matter, and they carry significant weight in every relationship and every conversation of our lives. And just like Josh said last week, he did an incredible job at kicking off this series for us. We all have work to do. That when it comes to the way in which we use our words, we all have work to do. And who's hoping that you and I will get to work quickly? Because our words are ultimately affecting every relationship of our lives. And what we'll come to find out today are ultimately affecting the futures of the lives of the people around us. The people that we're speaking our words into, their futures are ultimately dictated by the words in which we speak to them on a daily basis. But in order for us to fully grasp the weight of our words and the power of our words, we have to begin to first understand our words... And understand our relationships. And once we have a better understanding of our words and the power of our words and the dynamic within our relationships, then we can begin to adjust the way in which we speak to those around us. We can begin to adjust the words that we use to ultimately make the greatest impact on the people around us possible. You see, when it comes to the weight of your words and my words, There's a reality that has the potential to change everything. There is a realization that ultimately allows us to change the way in which we speak to those we are in relationship with. And the reality is this, is that the relationship you have with other people is rarely the same relationship they have with you. The relationship that you have with others is rarely the same relationship they have with you. You see, if you walked into this room and you consider yourself to be a Christ follower, what many of us believe and what many of us know is this, is that for each of us, regardless of how young, how old we are, what the title on the placard on our door says, what we've come through, how long we've been going to church, what we know is that for every single one of us, we have been assigned equal worth or value in the eyes of our Creator. And yet what we also know is that by earthly standards, while all of us hold the exact same amount of value, within relationships, in most relationships, the two sides hold vastly different power, hold vastly different authority, hold vastly different influence. That regardless of what relationship you are in, the relationship is ultimately always seen from two different vantage points. Same value, but two different vantage points of that relationship. Within your relationships, you may be the parent and they as the child see that relationship in two completely different ways. You as the husband, she as the wife sees that relationship from two completely different vantage points. Same value, but two different roles within a particular relationship. And understanding this truth in all of our relationships helps us to begin to reframe our thoughts and reframe our words and the way in which we use our words within those relationships. But the problem is this the problem for me, and what I'm willing to bet, the problem for you, is that for many of us, we are slow to recognize and also slow to take responsibility for the fact that every word we utter has the potential to leave a scar in someone else. Every word we utter is powerful enough to leave behind a trail of wounds. That ultimately with the words in which we speak, and maybe you've recognized this, I think if we look close enough and get honest enough, we would see this to be true. That ultimately with one word or one sentence, We have the power to undermine somebody's self-worth, their feeling of value, their confidence, and even their self-esteem. And that reality should concern us. That our words are powerful enough that in an instant we can wound someone else. That should concern us, especially if we consider ourselves to be Christ's followers. Because the fact of the matter is this is that if you walked into this place and you consider yourself to be a Jesus follower, that within all lives we have been called to something more with the way in which we use our words. Why do I say this? Because when we look at God's instruction manual for all lives, the responsibility that we have is laid out in clear fashion all throughout it. In fact, this guy who wrote a majority of the New Testament, the second part of God's instruction manual for all lives, a guy by the name of Paul, talks about our responsibility to devote all lives to one anothering. That we should, as Christ followers and as the church, excel at one anothering. Excel at putting others before ourselves, thinking of others in every action and every utterance of words that we make in our time here on earth. You see, all throughout Paul's letters, we find him making reference again and again and again to our calling of one anothering on our life, with our actions and with our words. Examples like the one that we find in Paul's letter to the church in Rome. You see, in Romans chapter 12, verse 10, Paul writes this. Be devoted to, and here's the phrase, one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. That as Christ followers, this is ultimately the calling and the command that we have on our lives. The way in which we use our words within every relationship of our lives should ultimately reflect this that we should devote ourselves to one another in love, and ultimately, with our words, we should honor one another. We should think of one another above ourselves. You see, as Christ followers, we are more responsible for our words than the average person. Y'all okay? As Christ followers, we are more responsible for our words than the average person. And we should be ridiculously conscious of what our words do to one another. And if you walked in this room and you're not a Christ follower, would you help me out for a minute? Isn't it true that you would be more curious about following Jesus if the Jesus followers you knew or encountered on social media were more cautious with their words? That you would be more curious about following Jesus if the Jesus followers you knew were more cautious with their words. Because words matter. Yes, even words that are typed behind the veil. Of a computer screen. that Our words carry weight. But to really live this out well and to really adjust the way in which we need to adjust, there are two dynamics of our words that we need to understand, that, that we need to come to understand in our lives and begin to apply them within our relationships. The first dynamic is what Josh introduced to us last week, and it's this. That within our lives, within our daily communication, words are not equally weighted. Our words are not equally weighted. And here's why we say this. Because all of us have experienced the effects of this truth. That negative words weigh a whole lot more than positive words. In fact, psychologists would say that for every negative word spoken into someone's life, It takes five positive affirmations to counterbalance that one negative. Five to one. And sometimes in our lives, like the story of my father, we've had a negative spoken into our life that feels impossible to counterbalance because the weight of what was spoken was so significant on our lives and our stories. Our words are not equally weighted. Negative words are far heavier than positive words but the second dynamic is this and this is where we move forward today is that in all lives with our words source always determines weight the source of who's speaking the words should always determine the weight of those words an example of this is this ladies in the room Think of the time in which you had a night out with a girlfriend or your girlfriends. And the moment you walk into the restaurant and your girlfriend catches you walking into the restaurant, and as you find yourself sitting into the booth, she looks at you and she says, You look amazing. You look so great tonight. What did you do to your hair? What have you been doing to to look so great? In that moment, those words spoken into you carry some weight, right? It feels good to have that spoken into you by a friend of yours. But then imagine this. A couple of days later, you're walking down the stairs in your house. And as you approach the kitchen, your 15-year-old teenage daughter is standing in the kitchen. And she looks back at you as you're walking down the stairs, and she says this, Mom, you look so amazing. In fact, you look so good that my friends would probably think that we're sisters. That's how good you look. And then she walked away back into her room. And some of you are like, Ben, I have an imagination, but not that strong of an imagination. (laughs) Because when it comes to miracles in life, like the resurrection of Jesus is here, and hearing words of affirmation like that from my teenager, it is coming ridiculously close. But play along with me for just a second. You see what we recognize is this is that the words spoken into us from our friends were powerful but the words spoken into us from our teenage child was way more powerful carried way more weight it brought us almost to tears to hear that miracle come to fruition in our lives you see the source always determines the weight in fact, a source determines rate, weight, it creates a, a ripple effect to the outcome, not just of that conversation, but ultimately the outcome of people's futures. Because here's the ripple effect that's created. You see, a source determines weight, weight determines impact. And impact determines outcome. As source determines weight, the weight determines the impact, and the impact ultimately determines the outcome. You see, the source of the words will directly dictate the outcome, not just of a single conversation, not just of a single moment, but ultimately the outcome of people's futures. And can I just give y'all a 30-second aside, because I think this, this is so applicable and so important for you and I to understand In the age in which we live, that is filled with keyboard warriors. Undoubtedly, within your life and the time in which you spend on social media, if you don't want to be consistently hurt by hurtful words and offensive things, There is a piece of advice that one of my good friends often speaks in it to me, and I believe that it holds true in your life for your future and dictating the weight of somebody else's words so that you can move through life in the healthiest way possible. And his advice is always this. Don't take criticism from someone you wouldn't take advice from. Don't take criticism from someone you wouldn't take advice from. There are moments in the day and age in which we live where people will say just about anything behind the veil of a computer screen from their keyboard. As keyboard warriors who are courageous, that hurt and sting if we let it. We have the power to rise above those things and to dictate the source determines the weight. And if I wouldn't take advice from them, then I'm not going to let their hurtful or offensive words cut quite as deep into me. But on the other side, we all have relationships in which our words carry weight. And because of that, if we get this right... Here's what ultimately happens. Source determines weight. Weight determines impact. Impact determines outcome. Here is the outcome that we have at our disposal. If we get this right, we have the potential to make people better. If we get our words right, we can make the people around us better. Your words, if spoken correctly and used in the right way as a Christ follower, devoted to one another, about one anothering with our words, have the potential to make your spouse better. You want your spouse to be better? Start with the way in which you speak to your spouse. Hello. Y'all okay? The way in which we use our words has the potential to make our kids better. The way in which we use our words has the potential to make our employees better. The way in which we use our words has the potential to make the 50 kids who walk into our classroom every single day better. Our words, if we get them right, have the potential to make the people around us better. Our words can sway the outcome of people's futures. And I don't know about you, but when I hear that, y'all, that is pretty significant. That is worth giving some attention to, making some adjustments around so that I can make the greatest impact possible. Like I told you earlier, 15 years ago, my father passed away. And in the aftermath of my father's passing, my two brothers and myself had the idea that at my dad's funeral, each of us was going to take a part of the message and each of us was going to speak dir- directly to a different characteristic of my father. At the time of my dad's funeral, I was literally two weeks into my first big boy job. I had just graduated from college and I had just started at a very large organization. And I'll never forget on that day, my boss, ultimately the lead pastor who had 40-some staff members under him, leading a church of several thousand people, showed up to my dad's funeral. And he sat there and listened as my brothers and myself shared. And when I returned back to the office, my boss, a man who turned into a mentor and a friend of mine, called me into his office. he said ben i just want you to know that in that moment as i sat there and i listened to you communicate at your father's funeral i saw something in you that i don't think you've seen in yourself yet that God has something incredible for your future. And there is incredible potential for what God wants to do in and through you for this world. And I just wanna speak this affirmation into you because I know at 21, 22 years old, the amount of self-confidence that you have right now is probably pretty low. And the way in which you look at public communication and your life and your future calling is probably one that looks pretty cloudy. And yet what I want you to hear from me is that I've been doing this for a really long time, and I see something in you. And you see, just that one encounter, just those few words with a man that I respected and I looked up to, a man that ultimately I wanted my ministry to look like someday, was willing to sit me down and speak that affirmation into me y'all that one moment let me just say this beyond a shadow of a doubt that one moment in my story ultimately changed the trajectory of my life my calling and my ministry it is still dictating the things that happen right here right now from this stage in this city in our world at that one moment, and those few words carried such significant weight that it dictated, changed the outcome of my future. And that same guy, like I said, that's become my mentor. We get together every few months and literally he just allows us as we sit down at a restaurant, he just allows me to batter him with questions and like, this is what I'm struggling with and this is what I don't know what to do and this is what I don't know how to lead through and how did you do this and what should we do next? And he just sits there and he allows me just to speak into my problems, my issues, my shortcomings and then he attempts his very best to give me advice and to speak life into those things. And just a few months ago, as we were sitting across the lunch table from one another, and I was telling him about some of the things that we're going through around here and the risks that we're taking and the launch of this Dream Center, a community outreach center that seems absolutely crazy. And and here's where I'm not sure, and here's where I feel like I'm failing. And that moment, my mentor looked back at me. And he said, Ben, I just want you to know something. I am so proud of you. you may not be getting everything right and you surely aren't perfect, but I want you to know that I'm so proud of you. And here was this guy who literally is like a hundred steps ahead of me. Like I said, a man that I respect, a man who's now leading 70-some staff members across five different campuses and over 5,000 people within his organization was willing to look across the table at me, lowly me, who hasn't accomplished a fraction of that, who hasn't done a fraction of that for the kingdom as he had, and he was willing to speak into me. I just want you to know that I am proud of you. You see, in that moment, what I began to recognize is that my mentor, my friend, understood something and was courageous enough to act on what he understood. Something that I, so often within my interactions and my conversations, overlook. Something that within my parenting, my marriage my leadership of my own staff, volunteers, organization that I so often forget. And it's this, that within our relationships, within our conversations, in every conversation we have in every word that's uttered, we need to remember who we are and what we represent to the person on the other side of the relationship. What would change if in every relationship and in every conversation we chose to start by remembering who we are and what we represent to the person on the other side of the relationship, the person on the other side of the conversation? What would change if you reminded yourself of that in your conversations with your employees at work? What would change if you reminded yourself of that in your conversations with your kids? Y'all, I don't know about you, but my greatest shortcoming is the way in which I speak on a daily basis into my six and seven-year-old's lives. Because it is so easy for me to forget this. It is so easy for me to overlook this in a moment of their failures, their mistakes, their shortcomings, to simply focus on that and to simply focus on how I reprimand them to make it right and to ensure that they don't do it again? What would change if we reminded ourselves of this in every conversation and every disagreement that we have with our spouse? What would happen if you reminded yourself of this in every conversation you had with the waitress that walked up to your table? If you reminded yourself of this in every conversation you had within your classroom setting with the kids that walk into your classroom at the elementary school or middle school or high school, the kids gathered in a circle hanging on to every word in the huddle at your practice, what would change if we reminded ourselves of this in every conversation and every relationship of our lives? Can I just talk to the high school students in the room? Or maybe you've just graduated from high school. You see, for many of you, you're walking through a season of your life in which it feels like, especially if you have younger siblings, in which it feels like your parents have constantly been harping on you about the way in which you communicate, interact, talk to your younger siblings. And at this point, it just feels like white noise. And you want to be like, Mom, just get off my back. Dad, get off my back. Why are you constantly talking to me about the way in which I talk to, interact with, that annoying eight-year-old who always wants to be around everything that I'm doing and always wants to be around my friends and is constantly embarrassing me? The reason that your parents speak to you frequently about that Is because your parents understand the weight that your words have in your younger siblings' lives. That your younger siblings are hanging on your every word, that they want your acceptance, that they want to be like you, that they want to have interactions with you. And ultimately, the words in which you speak to them, the way in which you treat them, carries significant weight for their lives and their futures. Source determines weight, weight determines impact, impact determines outcome. The way in which you speak and interact with your younger sibling will ultimately dictate the outcome of their future. Your words matter at 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old. Now, parents, I don't want to leave you out. See, parents, for us, oftentimes when it comes to the interactions we have with our kids, we find ourselves entering into a moment of our kids' lives in which they have encountered shortcomings, mistakes, failures. They haven't lived up to our expectations. Within that relationship, at that moment, we as parents, or at least I as a broken parent, in that moment see a child who could be doing better and should be doing better. And for me, my singular focus in the moment is how do I correct this in them immediately? How do I nip this in the bud so that they don't repeat this moment again? That's how I see the relationship. That's my wants, my needs, my desires in the moment. And if I would remember... the relationship I have with others is rarely the same relationship they have with me, what I begin to recognize is this, is that while I see the relationship that way, from their vantage point, what they see is a person in their life who they desperately want the approval and acceptance of. Who they desperately in the moment want to speak affirmation into them. Who they desperately want to know, even though I've disappointed you, let you down, that it's okay. You still love me. You still accept me. And sure, we're going to work on that. Sure, we're going to have a conversation about that. But this is a safe place to fail in. This is a safe place to not always get everything right. Same relationship. Two different vantage points. It changes the way in which we communicate. It changes the things we say. And y'all, I get it. Up until this point, this has been a really great option for everybody. But maybe a really lousy message for those of us who consider ourselves to be Christ followers. But this is the turning point. This is where things shift. Because if we are Christ followers, this isn't optional. In following Jesus, this is how we are supposed to live our lives and use our words. That same guy we talked about earlier makes it abundantly clear that this is how our words are supposed to be shaped and used within every conversation, within every relationship of our lives. And we're circling back. Josh introduced us to this text from Paul in the letter to the church in Ephesus last week. But this is where Paul gets meticulously clear on how you and I as Christ followers have no option in the way in which we follow Jesus with our words. He writes this in Ephesians chapter four, verse 29. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything, everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. You see, Paul if you consider yourself to be a Christ follower, it doesn't give us wiggle room. He boss out this word that spans the gap. Everything, everything you say should be good and helpful to those around you, should bring encouragement. You know what that word means? We go back. should ultimately make people better. Our words should make the people around us better. This is about more than just who you are and what you represent within a conversation and relationship. If you want to get this right as a Christ follower, the verbiage changes. Because within our conversations, our interactions, it isn't enough to just remember who we are and what we represent. As Christ followers, we're being called to remember who we are and who we represent to the person on the other side of the relationship. Who we are and who we represent to the person on the other side of the relationship. You are called to be different in the world, different in the way you act, and different in the way in which you speak. And this guy in which we are following has this to say about who we are supposed to be about how we are supposed to represent who we're representing in every word that's uttered and every conversation that's had in Matthew chapter 5 Jesus says this you are the salt of the earth you see, when it comes to our words, this is what Jesus means, that with our words, we are being called to preserve and protect those we have conversations with. That is what salt does. It is the purpose of salt, with that our words should preserve and protect those in which we have conversations with. And then he continues, you are the light of the world. Our words should bring light and life to everyone we encounter, to everyone we speak to. And then he finishes in this way. Let your good deeds shine out for all to see. That the way in which you speak should ultimately point back to Jesus every single time that we should do something to adjust the words that we speak on a daily basis. That if we finish that passage, it says, so that they may glorify your father in heaven. So that they may know who I am and how much I love them through what you say every single day. Our words mattered. And if we don't get this right, If we don't get this right, we're not really following Jesus in the way in which we talk every single day. You see, y'all, this isn't just an opportunity, but a responsibility. This isn't just an opportunity. This is a responsibility. Imagine what would happen in our lives and in our relationships if we took on the mindset of Christ. If we took on the attitude of Christ. You see this is what Jesus said. I have not come to be served. I have come to serve and to lay down my life as a ransom for many. What would happen within our relationships and our conversations if we took on that mindset, if we followed Jesus in that way? I have come to lay down my words with humility for the sake of somebody else, for the betterment of somebody else in my life. You see, if we get this right, we make people better, but there's an inverse to this as well. If we get this wrong, here is what ultimately happens, y'all. We lose the right to be heard. Did you catch that? If we get this right, we make people better. But if we get this wrong, we ultimately lose the right to be heard. As Jesus' followers in getting this wrong, this is ultimately what happens to our voice and to our words. Paul lays it out quite quite clearly when he writes this in his first letter to the church in Corinth. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others... I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Now, y'all, I'm not going to subject you to my musical prowess. But if I went back into that drum cage, and for 35 minutes of my message, I just hit on the cymbal again and again and again and again, and then everywhere we walk, Our words have ultimately turned into nothing more than a banging cymbal or a resounding gong. You know what Paul is saying here? Your words have become nothing but an annoyance to the people around you. That if you don't get this right, you have ultimately lost the right to be heard. And as Christ followers, we are being called to so much more. We have a greater opportunity, a greater responsibility to get this right, to do one anothering better than anybody else on earth. when we lose the right to be heard, as Christ followers, that's not acceptable. We've been called To more than that. This morning, if you walked into this room and you're not a Christ follower, here's my hope for you. Then the moments where you've encountered those of us who call ourselves Jesus followers and we haven't gotten this right where you've encountered Jesus followers on social media who time and time again don't get this right. My hope is that you can look past those shortcomings, those mistakes and recognize that you aren't following us. You aren't following us and our imperfections and our slip ups. Ultimately, you're choosing to follow Jesus. Ultimately, you're choosing to follow a man who, when he put on flesh and walked onto the pages of history, saved some of his harshest words for religious leaders who were not cautious with the words they spoke to the people he loved. That's the man you're choosing to follow. That's the man we are choosing to follow as Christ followers. And if you are a Christ follower, what would change from this day forward if in every conversation you remembered who you are and who you represent to the person on the other side of that relationship, to the person on the other side of that conversation? What would change if you recognized In the same relationship, you rarely have a relationship with someone else that is the same as the relationship they have with you. What would adjust in the way in which we speak to each other, in the way in which we speak to people, in which our source, who we are, carries significant weight within that relationship? And how in making those adjustments would we ultimately make the people around us, the people that we love, the people we are closest to, better by adjusting the words that we speak. This, y'all, is just one more thing that love requires of me, that love requires of you. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning, God, we thank you for being a God that when you speak into our lives, preserves and protects, is light and life. And when your Son came and walked on this earth, set an example that we are called to follow. yet, God, it's so easy in the world in which we live to get ensnared into doing what everybody else does. And yet, God, if we are Christ followers, we have a greater responsibility than in every conversation to remember who we represent, that with our words, people are either getting a better glimpse or a worse glimpse of who you are. That is the responsibility we have. Our words matter. And so may we use our words well in the conversations we have with our spouse, in the conversation we have with our kids, in the conversations we have with our employees, in the conversations we have with our students, in the conversations we have with our younger siblings, in the conversations we have with the waitress who walks to our table, in our restaurant. God, may we remember that. May we make adjustments so that people ultimately see you through us, see you through the way we speak. And when that happens, ultimately the people around us become better. That's our heart's desire. Allow us to be courageous enough for that. It's in your name that we pray.